Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I am Jazzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. Welcome to our Taste Test episode, where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. And on this episode of the Taste Test, Siggy samples the documentary Shopao which premiered on YouTube in June. So Sigs, let's get right into it. What did it taste like? And love it, hate it, why? Tell us. First off, many thanks for Focus, the Filipino organization of Concordia University students, for sharing this film giving and putting it on the Hello Hello podcast radar. Mm. Many thanks, folks, because first off, I really have to say, I reserve my food analogies to big pieces, and this documentary show pow to me would be a serving of hollow hollow mm. it's a mix of stories from four filipino montrealers sharing their experiences each person contributes to the sweet dessert by sharing their varied experiences being filipino canadian ultimately living in montreal and how it shaped their lives i like this stock so much i like seeing capua taking up space having these stories being told what was wonderful this past June has been fantastic. We've been networking, especially with the Filipinos of Montreal, and I feel like it led us to see this documentary, Chopin, which premiered in June in Montreal, and it's now available on YouTube. This documentary it has the threads that connect us in the diaspora. Mm. I'm going to leave it out there, and we'll go to the next, because I have a lot to say. Ooh, a tapestry of sorts. Okay, well then tell us, was it worth the pop culture calorie? Definitely. Lots of serving on Hollow Hollow. This mix of our culture, it was supplemented our June episodes and by extension of the many Filipino Canadians we are, we've connected with living in Montreal. More representation, more reflection. Like, and many props to focus for putting these stories together, sharing what is only a few stories of the many people who represent us. It's four different stories, but you know what? They're familiar. They want to be consumed. I will talk a little bit more in depth as Jez asks me further questions, but I can't say enough. It, it was definitely worth those calories just to consume this wonderful documentary, which clocks in as like a little bit over a, like half an hour, about 38 minutes. Mm, sounds very intriguing, Sigs. I can't wait to kind of get this on my YouTube playlist. What does it remind you of on the pop culture buffet? I keep on giving like hats off to the Filipinos of Montreal. Now mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. this is something we've been searching for. If you've listened to our podcast or taste tests or warm-ups, I search for these stories taking up space, and they are taking up space for this to drop and to have students from Concordia, like, let's put this together and tell this story. It's this reminder that there's stories to be told, and they can be told in different facets, whether it's through a podcast, through a magazine, through a documentary, and that they funded and created this thing, and they're celebrating. I know that we don't have to think at those large scales. Like, it doesn't have to be Easter Sunday by Joy Coy. It doesn't have Mm. to be an ABC pilot. It doesn't have to be a big film. It can be grassroots, and I I love this. It just feels like, even though you know I'm in Ottawa, like these are Filipino Canadians, and we're taking the chance to tell these different stories. Go ahead, Jesse. You're about to say something. Yeah, I have two comments to make right before yeah. I kind of prompt you onto kind of our next question on, in terms of what you appreciate about it. But my two comments are this: one is is, is that for the longest time, there's been lots of 
the same story or the same narrative where it's our parents and our families that have immigrated from the Philippines to Canada or other parts of the diaspora or the world in search of a better life or in search of bettering people's lives back in the Philippines. Imported narrative (laughs) to tell. But I think that there are more stories out there than just that. And it sounds like that that's kind of what Chopau does is it starts to tell other stories in addition to the narrative that we know of, of immigration. The other comment that I just wanted to make before you start to tell us a little bit more about why you appreciated this documentary is, is, is that it's this wonderful, equitable idea that we're all storytellers of a narrative or a larger yes. narrative. And that narratives are not just, as you said, like a movie or a book that you read. They can be tales, they can be myths, they can be narrative or story fragments in some ways. Or in this Mm -hmm. case, it sounds like a threaded tapestry of four stories that I can't wait to hear a little bit more about. And I have to tell you, I'm certainly intrigued, so I can't wait to watch this myself. So those are just two comments that I wanted to make before you kind of chimed in in terms of what you appreciated about this doc. Those are great, keen observations. And like what I appreciate about the movie is our normal pivot. But I'm going to talk a little bit about each of the four characters or the four Mm people characters, four people that we're talking about that are real people. It starts off with Carlito, who's about 73 years old. And in the introduction of each of the characters, there's a connection of food. Whether Mm -hmm. one person is preparing and they're discussing. And Carlito talks about his immigration story. Like, he didn't have an intention. His brother was sponsored him, and it was accidental. Mm -hmm. And he talks about coming to Canada, finding work through his brothers, where he um, made factory windows for airplanes. He quit and then went to another job. And and then he talks a little bit about his story. And then what is great, I'll introduce you to the other characters. There's Rosabelle, who's 43, from Manila, who's a mother of three, and who becomes an educator that comes in. And she talks about, you know, she came for a better life. Her mom encouraged her to come, to change the path, to create a good mm-hmm. life for her daughter. Mm-hmm. She had family in Montreal. Her mom lived in Montreal, and she encouraged her to study a caregiving course. And she was told by mom to, like, have a future for her daughter. She went to school, and she was sponsored by her mom's employer. And she was mm-hmm. talking about making pancit. The mm. ingredients there and the familiarity. Then we were introduced a little to John Noel, and he was born and raised in Montreal in the 80s. And they were talking about <laughs> leaving the Philippines for something better. He hears about it. He has one parent works and one was at home. His mom was at home. And he is also the owner of Cafe Cuya, mm. which and he talks about naming it such. And then we finally are introduced to Jash, who's 21 years old. She's an economics student in Concordia. And how she was from Saudi Arabia. She emigrated back to the Philippines. Her dad was a truck driver in Saudi Arabia. Her mom was a maid in Montreal, and she didn't see her mom until she was 10. She lived mm-hmm. in Ilocos and Baguio, and she's indigenous. She's Igorot. Is that the right pronunciation? Yeah, She went to enough. public and private schools, and she came to Montreal. And they weave the stories all together, and they talk about what you just cited about why do people come to Canada and why Filipinos come to Canada to find those a better life. And what's poignant is these four stories very different. Four different people, two males, two females, at different ages, from 73 to 21. Right. You can find those threads, and it talks to us in diaspora that, yes, we are connected by being Filipino, and those, but everyone has these little different stories to tell. And you're right, that everyone has some tale to tell. And like, what I love is all those little pieces of their story. For example, Carlito talks about in May, it was so cold when he immigrated and it was just <laughs> cold for him and it was really warm. And Rosabelle talks about seeing snow. Do you want to see snow? She said, mm-hmm. yes, I do. 
And I remember my mom saying, yes, I want to see snow. That was one of those beautiful things. And Rosabelle even shares that thing. Her mom was very sick when she first came. Mm. She came in March 13, 2004. Her mom died a year later. And she was told during that time, her mom's like, don't worry about me. You need to work. And she spent so much time working, not spending time with her mother. She had this like sad recollection of her mom, not much time together, and the culture shock. She talks mm. about, you know, not only where they're in Montreal, it's Tagalog. And there's not only snow, they want to touch the snow, there's a different language to deal with. Right. And Josh, the 21 student, talks about not only did I have to have Tagalog, I was almost dissuaded for me to learn not only English, I had to learn French. Mm-hmm. And how do you maintain that? And even John Noel, Jan, had mentioned that, you know what, my parents spoke Tagalog, but I was learning English, and they were almost like the translators between the teachers and the schools, just like right. what we had met Filipinos with the Montreal Filipinos in Montreal. Yeah. What I did, like, each story spoke to me in different ways, as you know what, I am a 45-year-old guy born and raised in St. Catharines, where John Noel said, you know what, I really, the way that I raised a kid is different from the way that I was growing up, and my father wasn't as vocal, but I try to maintain and share my feelings with my daughter and my son, and he identifies of like those Filipino traditions that we should really take the time to share with. Like, with Lolo, he makes mm. sure that his daughter, Charlie, makes pearls with Lolo. And that's part of it, mm. those traditions. And he says right. something that really hit me where, oh, there's sides of my dad I never saw in myself growing up, but I see it as his role as a Lolo. And I thought mm. that was just wonderful. And it, and it talked beautiful. to me. And what each story, and it's so many of the thoughts we, you and I have talked about and the people we've come in contact with the podcast where, Jan, you know what? In the 80s and 90s, people were Asian. We were a monolith. We were just all clumped together, even though right. you could be Korean, you could be from Shanghai, you could be you know from Taiwan, et cetera. But we just got clumped together. Josh even shares with us about, you know, When I'm alone, I cook food when I'm alone. Sometimes it's too much, but it's a reminder of the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, I thought I'd go out more, but I I like cooking. And I love that she was just talking and she's cutting up the food while she's talking to the interview. Mm. Just the same as when Pansit was being made by Rosabelle. Like it was those little common threads that yeah, identify with that. And then it it goes a little serious where Jazz says, you know what? I wish someone could show me how to be an immigrant kid. We didn't Mm. have play structures. Yeah. But they're like, go to the playground. Like, it was so thought-provoking. And a 38 minutes felt like a two-hour movie. There was so much loaded mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Um, the focus group, like, they captured. There was one other thing. I really want to bring this up. Carlito, the first gentleman who's 73 years old, he had, there's unity and community. He mentioned there's a Couples for Christ group, and his kids mm-hmm. joined it. Very much, I don't know if you're familiar, Niagara yeah. Falls, where I'm from. Right. My parents were part of the BLD, Bogos Nalaob, Dios. Yes. And that was, I guess, they're sort of the Couples for Christ sort of, like, similar thing. Right. And what Carlito adds, he goes, I know I'm from a different generation. And when he says, he pleads to the other parents of his generation to say, let's try to show empathy for our kids. Yes. Yes, yes. I know that from before we really had this expectation. We immigrated to Canada. We have these high expectations. Our kids are okay. Let's be kind and let's give empathy with our kids. I know I see some of my 
my peers with their kids being so rough and the expectations are so high, but we need to give them a little bit of understanding. I was like, for someone 73, I'm like, oh man, you're, you're, nice acknowledging, you're acknowledging generational trauma right? and that we right. need to introduce like empathy to. I wanted to hug them. Like I was like, mm. oh, this is so kind. And what I really, really enjoyed was like, do you speak curly? He goes, oh, je parle en français un peu, mais my English is better. Then people would switch to <laughs> English with him. But right. Rosabelle, Jeanne, they all speak French and they had to learn with it. And it feels like, I don't think you and I really dealt with it within, in Ontario where it was just English or Tagalog. In Montreal, Quebec, you're in three languages. And I, yeah. I think we had a, a colleague from Filipino Montreal. We get name, called names in three languages, not yeah. just one. And so it, it was so interesting. And at the end, they asked them, you know, what is a Filipino Montrealer? And I know we've posed this to our previous guests. And yeah. they said people are sa- the same. There's no definition. You're here depending on each other. There's community. You help each other. And how do we improve? And Rosabelle says something so sweet, just pleading with people to say, we have options here. We don't have yeah. to have a crab mentality. We yeah. can take the opportunities. Go ahead. I was going to say that Bayanian or that Kapwa, mm-hmm. traditional Filipino values need to be highlighted more in Montreal in light of their unique circumstances. And that came through in terms of when we spoke to Eric from Filipinos in Montreal. So I'm not surprised that we're hearing that here, Mm. right? That even more so do you need to rely on the community if you're going to survive this environment. Absolutely. Because it's not necessarily hospitable at the beginning. You had to learn French, whether you liked it or not. I find that interesting. Just as much as I'm sure if we talk to Winnipeggers, I'm sure that they're going to say chaga. Right, that they have to have <laughs> yeah. had an, an entrepreneurial spirit to be able to survive the environment in Winnipeg. So fascinating, six fascinating. It, it opened up my mind, and I, I'd watch it. I know that naturally, yeah, I would watch it again. Yeah, you would sample just it again, to share sure, with right? it and just say, oh, okay. They, they brought up these really good points, and it's things that we deal with all the time, and that we're trying yeah. to work through. I have a sweet spot for Carlito for being like saying, mm. let's show empathy and Rosabelle. Your heart breaks for a little bit when she talks about she lost her mom within a year. And I identify with Jan because, like, I think we're in the same age range. And he's trying to, you know, be a better father. And he's so happy to see his father showing these other sides, especially for the newer generation. And with Josh, there was something so vulnerable about her sharing her story that we deal with it at different ages. And I I cook, too, when when I feel alone. And I just... That plea of, like, I wish someone could show me how to be an immigrant kid. Like, these are some of the trials and tribulations that people deal with. So I... Very eye opening and very and so poignant, right? Is the that's way that exactly you've been the word I was going to say. It, right? it is really poignant. It's wonderful poignant. to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To whom would you recommend this to? I would recommend this to anyone in the diaspora. I think I know Filipino Canadian Heritage Month. They say it's just June, but it can be all year around. I highly recommend the listeners of the Hala Hala process. I forwarded the link to my parents the day it opened, and my mom mm. watched it immediately. She loved it. My colleague, who is Filipino, Marvin, hey, shout out, buddy. He watched it because this is great. This is a great story. Like Sometimes or whatever, you think these little tales help us identify. And like you said, Kuya, sometimes when we echo down a well, we want to hear like those echoes. And this yeah. is a great example of like seeing ourselves, uh, seeing our stories being told. And yeah. especially where you're like, yeah, they're Filipino, but they're Montreal. And look what they deal with. Yeah, you can find those common threads, but we're going to gain much more knowledge yeah. and, and, and learn. experience by hearing. And learn that perhaps th- maybe that is it. relying on our communities, what's going to help us survive. Well, Sigs, I can't wait. I can't wait to kind of have this enter into my feed next. So I highly recommend it. I'm sure it will be. I also, Jesse and I would 
love to say congratulations, focus mm. the focus group on this. I want to specifically say the director, Denise and Del Mundo, that was a wonderful, wonderful film that you produced with the other producers, Hensley, Giselle, Pedrosa, Joshua, Daniel Cordes, Lalin Valencia. I apologize if you didn't say your names correctly, but major shout outs. This is awesome. We'll have your contacts in the show notes. We'll really uh, make sure that we share the links for this movie. If you have a chance to watch Chopin, we highly recommend. It was a great taste test to watch and very proud to stand with you and raise our capa on this. Amazing. Well, Sigs, I think you should take us out then. Folks, if you have any questions, please email us at holoholopopculture at gmail.com. The Hello Hello Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Please rate us and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle's at Hello Hello Pop, and we're on Instagram at Hello Hello Pop Culture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chelsea Ringen, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you soon.